Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that is not just information, but impartation and activation. This podcast offers supernatural conversations that will encourage and equip you to live the Spirit-empowered life. Fireborn Ministries exists to see Jesus awaken this generation to the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen in to this powerful and encouraging conversation and share this episode of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. And welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky. It's another sunny, beautiful day in Arizona. It's a little cold for us, about 60 some degrees, but I'm enjoying it. I do have my new hoodie from the church I attend. It's It says on the back of it, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. So it's the Holy Spirit dove. You guys know me. I love the Holy Spirit. Some people have been calling me the Holy Spirit guy, and I'm totally cool with that. But uh, uh, if you guys need to dialogue, fellowship, some friendship with the Holy Spirit, I've got a free PDF available for you in the podcast description. You could get that free download on having dialogue, fellowship, friendship with the wonderful, amazing Holy Spirit who loves to comfort us, counsel us, and lead us closer to Jesus. Guys, I'm excited for my two guests today. I have Jason and Haley Bilotti. They've owned two Chick-fil-A restaurants in the Atlanta, Georgia area. They've served uh, as chaplains, or Haley has served as, as, cha- uh, as a chaplain, and you know, so have I. I know what that's like. Uh, they've been working with Chick-fil-A as teenagers, since they were teenagers, and they've got this amazing ministry that we're going to hear all about today. So please help me welcome Haley and Jason Bellotti to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, guys. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having us, Jared. No, I'm doing great. I just had a dental appointment today, so I'm feeling pretty clean. Amen. Very good. <laughs> and, and it was on time, but it was at 0730 in the morning. First guy in at the VA. If I went in the afternoon, you know, I did bring a little small book. So I read a chapter, but afternoon take three, four hours. But love to hear you guys' story um, and, and how you've answered God's call in your life. Yeah. So uh, Haley and I have been, we met at Chick-fil-A as teenagers and uh, we've been married. It'll be 30 years next month. Congratulations. And uh, thank you. And we're, we're born and raised in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And we, like you said, we have the two Chick-fil-A restaurants there. And uh, while that's been a ministry in itself to take care of community and uh, employees and each other. It's um, it's also given us the opportunity to go out into this wonderful world God created and spread the gospel. And so, um, you know, this book that we've written, uh, it started, the journey for us started back in 2006. I had a, another Chick-fil-A operator invite me on my very first mission trip to go to Niger, Africa, which is the poorest country in the world, 94% Muslim. It kind of trades places with Haiti on the uh, the uh, poverty level scale. And so, uh, but took that opportunity to go and uh, felt called to come back and uh, start an organization called Schools for Niger Africa, where we raised money here to build classrooms over there in a Christian school. And uh, did that for about 14 years, ended up leading 19 different teams there over a 14 year period. Haley uh, started leading teams of her own of women and uh, ended up going uh, 17 times to Niger. So uh, it was a big part of our lives, so much so that uh, we actually adopted a young man from there. Wow. And um, and he's now 25 and has graduated from college and doing well. So we've got two other kids, uh, Hunter, who graduated from Auburn and is with Chick-fil-A pursuing uh, in his dad's footsteps, wants to have his own restaurant one day as an operator. 
And then our daughter, Paulina, is in her senior year at Colorado Christian. She wants to be a, a missionary. Oh, amen. Yeah. Well, how about you, Haley? How are you guys able to balance uh, work life, ministry life, going to Niger? I mean, this is just amazing. I want I want people to see that they, too, can do this if God has called them to do it. Absolutely. When Jason and I first uh, started going to Niger, our children were young. And so there's the cliche, it takes a village. And so we were fortunate to be around a uh, group of believers that would come alongside us and kind of ask what they needed to do for help. So we had people making meals and people giving the kids rides to school so that Jason could still be present at work and then also uh, take care of the kids when I was there. So Jason and I did not travel to Niger together when we first started doing ministry because our kids were so young. Just in case something happened to one of us, at least the parent or the children would have one parent. So that is um, honestly just been a focus of ours. Uh, uh, we just feel a calling to live out the mission of go and make disciples, Matthew 28, 19. And so for us, um, foreign missions was the first calling that God had for us in Niger, Africa. But due to the pandemic, then the Lord closed the doors there and in that process opened the doors for Alaska. Um, and that's where we're now presently serving and leading teams is up in Alaska in the area of Anchorage and also in a fishing village in Dillingham. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I was I was on your website and I was looking at Alaska. I've, I've been praying about Alaska. I've been to 49 U.S. states. <laughs> Obviously, Alaska is the last one. So mm. as a family, we're talking about it. But I also know some people with the church there. Mm. I went to Bible college with uh, the wife. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, you know. <laughs> uh, but, I, man, I want to hear kind of your stories about Niger at first, you know, um, because my son is just returning from Madagascar. Mm. Had the time of his life. He was with Youth with a Mission. Mm -hmm. he, he currently just got back into Switzerland last night, and then he'll be home within the next couple of weeks. Uh, so he's got some God stories. I know that. And I've been to India, Honduras, Dominican Republic. I've been, uh, well, Marine Corps, so Iraq, Afghanistan, oh, wow. and contracting Afghanistan. Um, but man, I've got some crazy God stories, but I want to hear yours about Niger. What was God doing through you there? Yeah, I think... For me specifically, and, and Haley has many as well, and there, there's different chapters in the book that highlight some of those. But I think the biggest one for us was the very first time I went, I was we, one of the days we went and visited an orphanage that was just part of the mission. And, uh, you know, they presented a, an opportunity for around $800 a year to sponsor a child. And so I came back home to America, told Haley we could at least do that, asked if they had a boy that needed that, that was the same age as our son. And lo and behold, they gave us uh, this young man, Rashid, to sponsor. And uh, we did that for three, four, five years where we would, on our mission, we would go over and we would spend a day there. We would take him pictures or small gifts and just love on him and and really felt like that was what we were supposed to do, just pay the bill and and then say hello to him and love on him. And over time, uh, we like to say God for sure came to me first because we had our boy and our girl and we were done. Life was great. Two great, amazing restaurants and a great family and uh it was just uh, things were, were clicking really well for us and god started waking me up at night and saying hey you need to get rashid out of there and uh mm. and so i ignored it for about three months and uh didn't share it with anybody but continually just would see his face rashid's face and 
and the Lord saying, get him out, get him out. So we started, I've shared that with Haley and we started on a journey of three years. And uh, there's a lot of cool uh, stories within that that are uh, mentioned in, the, in that chapter about adoption. And we say that it was called to adoption because we do believe it's a calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we started the process, Rashid was 11 and he was then 14. It took three years to finally get him uh, to America and be part of our family. Well, how so, many years? Three years. Wow. Three years. Several, several no's. We still have s- scars on our knees from uh, bending in prayer and, and being on our knees in prayer. And so, uh, but it came, it happened. And uh, and he's been a part of our family now for 11 years and ended up playing soccer in college and just graduated with a degree. And uh, And he's just, he's doing well. Amen. So Haley, during the adoption process and going to Niger, how, what was it like to balance business, adoption, and missions? Yeah, I would say that, you know, when the Lord calls us to something, he definitely equips us. But yes, we, we had to be very planful, very scheduled. Um, and then we were blessed that while we were doing the missions, we were still able to see Rashid and spend time with him because we had started the process. Missionaries that we worked with would bring Rashid to st- uh, stay with us, spend some time with us so that we could explain to him the delay in the process of the adoption. But yes, I think um, our schedules were very busy when we were over in Niger. I felt like um, some people may never go back. And so we're going to hit the ground running the whole time we're there. And so serving at many different ministries and partnering with different Christian organizations over there to preach the gospel to a a lost nation. But yes, uh, definitely very uh, had to be very planful and strategic in advance while we were there. And then Jason and I, I think that's one of the biggest blessings is when God calls you to the same ministry to be able to support each other in that way is such a huge blessing. Jason and I could totally relate because we understood the country and the people in which God had called us to minister to together. You can hear God's voice and prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created Entry-Level Prophecy eCourse on CharismaCourses.com. Through this powerful eCourse, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You will gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged, comforted, and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to charismacourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy. Amen. So when you talk about calling, uh, what was the how can someone identify that they're being yeah. called to do a mission for God? Yeah, I think the cool thing is we we like to say, like Haley mentioned, Matthew 28, 19, we've all already been called to spread the gospel. It's just uh, finding out where God's working and then and then go there and fit in. And, and uh, we like to say we look for confirmations or 
you know, continued signs from God. I don't know that it's always on a billboard in, in mm-hmm. neon. That'd be great. But yeah, it <laughs> yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I think you just gotta, you gotta pray about what God has next and then, and then say yes. And, and a lot of uh, what we talk about in our book, Sinker Sit is the, this idea of what one yes can do. And, and you never know what lies in the balance of that one yes. And so for me, it was saying yes to Niger the very first time. And then all the things that came after that, the people affected, the schools we poured money into in classrooms and then the heart of Jesus over there. And then all the, the, we ended up taking over a hundred Chick-fil-A employees or operators over that time frame with us. And so now you've had over a hundred Chick-fil-A folks exposed to Niger and what we're doing there in the calling of missions. And, you know, Jared, what we've seen is Haley and I like to say, there's kind of three F's that keep people from going. There's obstacles that keep you from doing missions work. It's, we, what we've seen is family a lot of times is not real supportive and you got to get them on board. Uh, we've seen finances be a struggle and we like to say, hey, just put that in God's hands and, and go from there. And then the biggest is fear. I think especially when you start talking about Africa and some of these countries. Um, and so we believe that, you know, that overcome all those obstacles is another F word is faith. And to have faith and do what Peter did in Matthew 14, 29 and take a chance to walk on water, to step out of that boat, to say yes to God. And uh, what's really cool about Peter is he ended up being the only other person in the history other than Jesus to walk on water. And it's because he took a step, he trusted the Lord. And uh, and you just never know what lies in the balance of that one yes. Amen. What would you both say about if someone's calling you to adopt? Because I've seen some startling statistics that just take a state and the amount of churches, the amount of professing Christians, members in churches. I've heard it said that if a small little handful of those Christians adopt, there'd be no need for adoption in that state. Wow. Yeah, I definitely think and believe that adoption is truly a calling, um, a purpose, right? Calling and purpose go hand in hand in my mind, right? So each one of us are created by God with a designed purpose to go along with his will on this earth, right? To accomplish his kingdom work on this earth. Adoption is not for the faint of heart. Uh, Every child, as much as you love them, they come with a different DNA than yours. And with different DNA comes different baggage. And so just trying to work through that to love them where they are, to get them the counseling and the healing that they need from their past Uh, The abandonment is always an issue, no matter what, whether it's an infant or an older child. And so, you know, a lot of people will hear, oh, well, so-and-so adopted. That'd be a really cool thing to do. And I would really caution against that unless the Lord has called you specifically to that, because it is a very difficult process. It's a rewarding process, but it is, it is also challenging. Yeah. Well, my third interview of season one, I interviewed my our friends, Crystal Cupper, who adopted a young child from Armenia. And just know we were part of the process, helped them out in different ways, just prayer and uh, giving. And uh, wow, the process that they went through, you know, and, and great, amazing young girl, you know, um, there, there are some challenges. I want to encourage people, if you're thinking about adoption, you know, 
share this episode with the Bilates, but also download that episode with Crystal Cupper about, um, I, I forget what it was called, adopt for a cause, mm. adoption, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but that's something if God is stirring you to do, we've had people try to convince us, right? But right now, you know, I've got some work in Pakistan and in Kenya overseas, and I, I have a friend who went to Kenya mm -hmm. and overnight he'd have a house full of kids like 75 kids mm. overnight. They'd go preach in a village, but there's all these street kids. Mm. They're, you know, so orphans mm. run, I don't even know how, like they kick the kids out of the houses. The kids, uh, heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Pakistan or Kenya. We just opened up our second Bible college there mm. with um, brick factory workers. A lot of them are brick factory mm. workers. They're, they're human slavery, mm. that whole system. What are some of the challenges that you saw in Niger with um i guess the culture the cultural things was is there slavery is yeah. there social constructs that just need to be broken through and people need to be educated to be entrepreneurial break out of debt and anything like that yeah it uh great question niger is landlocked and for whatever reason they never it's part of the sahara desert and so i don't know I don't know who went there first and why they stayed. It is 120 degrees sometimes when we were there and, it, and you know, the low gets to about 90 most of the year. They may see 70 in January for about two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, they only have rain certain parts of the year. So it is like living in the orange sand of the desert and it's landlocked. And for whatever reason, they did not bring in uh, a way to get products in and out of there. There was there's no train. Uh, they're not they don't have access to a port. And so I think that's what's created a lot of the poverty over time is in uh, just over the last few years, they've they have discovered oil there and uranium. And so you've got other countries coming in and, um, you know, negotiating to get the, those products out of there, but probably not in the best interest uh, of the entire Niger population. So it's more uh, I don't want to use the word corruption necessarily, but Niger actually just went through a a coup back in June and July, and we've not been involved in a few years, but that country is is headed more in the direction of like Mali and Burkina Faso and some others um, with with terrorist organizations like Boko Haram and stuff. But in the past, they got very little attention because they didn't seem to have a way to get things in and out and didn't know those resources were there. And so the, the issues we would see mainly were two. One is uh, AIDS was a prominent at one point, but more so there was um, uh, malaria was very, took a lot of lives away, but then malnutrition mm -hmm. was the biggest yeah. uh, reason for death in a country like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, and then God has shifted you to Alaska. Yes. Some people are like, well, that's the United States of America. Right. They've got Jesus, right? There should be a, a church on every block, maybe. I've never been. <laughs> okay. But share share about your calling to Alaska and, and your work there. Yeah. So the door opened in June of 21 to go to Alaska. I was supposed to actually be taking a small team to Niger. We were going to kind of be just the guinea pigs because the pandemic was still going on and you had to quarantine if you caught it in another country. And um, that the door closed on that opportunity in April of 21 and the Lord opened the door for us to travel. So I took that team actually 
to Alaska with some missionaries that we had uh, previously been working with in Niger. They had been there for several years, and then the Lord called them to Alaska right before the pandemic hit. And so Jason called them up and said, Haley's not going to be able to go to Niger. Would you be willing to host a team? And they actually were like, you are an answer to our prayer. We were praying that God would send us a team. We had no idea where they would come from. So I took a team. There were four of us that went up to Alaska and started uh, a missions team up there, spent 10 days up there in Anchorage, and then made our way out to Denali and did um, some other ministry in different areas. But yes, originally there was Russian Orthodox in uh, Alaska because it used to be owned by Russia. So those are the churches that were prom primarily started there. But many of the Alaskans still believe in the spirits and um, in witchcraft and things like that. So and there's the struggle, too, of trust with the white man because we brought the Spanish flu to them back in the early 1900s, early 1900s. And so then also we came in and uh, took their gold and took their land. And so um, it's a lot of just patience and trying to continue to come back and build relationship with, with these native Alaskans so that they understand that we're truly for them, not coming in trying to work against them. Amen. Well, so you've got this book out, yeah. Sink or Sit. Can you share about that, please? Uh, how did God inspire you to write it? And when if people purchase it, because there will be a link in the podcast description, uh, which people could purchase from you, and it benefits me. I get some pennies oh. as an affiliate. <laughs> <laughs> but share your, you know, how did God inspire you, and what can people expect in that book? Yeah, I think uh, for me, I just at one point decided I wanted to write down some stuff that had happened in Niger through my journals and stuff. But Haley, every time she would tell the story, the stories from her missions or about adoption, people would tell her, "You need to write a book. You need to write a book." and we read a really good book by Catherine Wolf. Uh, what's the name of the, her book? Hope Heals. Hope Heals. And the way they did that book was they went back and forth with their each perspective with her and her husband. And uh, and so we we thought, wow, that's that's a really cool idea. So we came together on that and uh, you know got to writing on this book and um, had uh, Dick Parker help us write it. He's a ghost author behind it and um, ended up eventually. He's not a ghost writer. No. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, ended up uh, linking up through Chick-fil-A and then other connections with John Maxwell Publishing to actually publish the book. But where the idea, I'd say majority of the book is about Niger and our time there. But really the overall theme is one thing I've already mentioned, which is this idea of the power of yes and taking a chance like Peter did. Yes, he got out of the boat. He started to sink because he lost his faith there for a second. But uh, and his trust in what the Lord was doing there, walking on water. But uh, we'd much rather encourage people to sink, take that chance to sink than just sit there. And God's calling us all in different directions into different walks. But uh, when you get out of the boat and say yes to God, he can do amazing things. And we've been able to see that. And so we want to share that in this book. And I think from my perspective in the book, I just really wanted to glorify God by showing his provision over and over in traveling to Niger so many times in the way in which we did, we would take so many supplies with us serving different organizations. And specifically, the Lord would call me or nudge me to bring certain items. And then he would then provide those items through different people and do through different 
circumstances. We saw miracles. I was on a medical team for two years and had a kid come in that could not see at all. And a lot of our glasses were donated um, from Lions Clubs and things like that. And literally after several assessments of this child, uh, we figured out the prescription this child needed. And the Lord had provided three pairs of kids' glasses. And yet that one prescription was exactly what this child needed. So you can't, you know, it's just God's hand is so evident um, and present when we truly surrender to him and do what he's calling us or has purposed us to do in life. He's always going to provide what we need before we even ask for it. Amen. You know, you guys are, as you're sharing it, you're ministering to me, ministering to me because there's this opportunity being presented for a Bible college for, by Fireborn Ministries in an undisclosed nation, a persecuted nation. Mm -hmm. And by the time that this podcast releases, I'll either say yes or no, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've got some time, but I'm, I'm currently praying for confirmation. Mm -hmm. But you guys are using terms and language that I think is part of the confirmation, if you will. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like I'm picking up on his signals mm -hmm. that as Haley mentioned, the nudges, because, you know, just a few weeks ago, the Lord had given me a vision, stepping out in a boat and, mm -hmm. you know, all that. And I was doing a, a conference here in Peoria, Arizona. So I'm just saying you're ministering to me and God's nudging. Mm -hmm. Can you share real quick about what those nudges are like if some people need to figure out, oh, this is from God. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Haley end with that. But I I, uh, I love the book by Mark Batterson, Whisper. Uh, and, and I think when you uh, are close to God and you spend time in his word, he does whisper to you. And it may not be audibly, but he gives you these nudges, these signs, these feelings. That's the Holy Spirit working through you. Uh, and and I, a lot of people say, oh, it's a gut feeling or an internal thing. But I think if you're walking with the Lord closely, it's the Holy Spirit. And I believe, too, that the Lord, like you were just saying, Jared, the Lord, when he's calling us to something, he will put things in front of us multiple times. So, for example, I may be doing a devotion that I may receive online. I may read it and it may be tied to a certain scripture. And then I go to church on Sunday and then my pastor opens up his you know, word to share. And it's the exact same scripture. And then I run into a friend that I'm having coffee with and we're talking about the Lord and she brings up that exact same scripture. To me, those are undeniable confirmations that the Lord is trying to teach us something specific through his word. And so the Lord was gracious to do that. Um, leading so many people to Africa, I always was like, Lord, this is your team. It's not my team. Show me what you want us to teach. Uh, what do you want us to preach? Um, what supplies are needed? And the Lord was just faithful over and over to answer those prayers through multiple confirmations um, and multiple provisions of people. Had a traveler one time, we got free, donated free, um, getting the items over there through an airline, a specific airline, went to his manager and said, I'm willing to give you $1,000 to get this stuff over there. So just over and over. And, and we didn't solicit that. We didn't even know that was an option, but yet it was God's provision and faithfulness because we had stepped out of the boat um, to be obedient to what he's called us to do. Amen. I'd love for you guys to pray for people who will be watching or viewing this, if they are seeing the nudges of the Holy Spirit, if they're sensing a calling to do something and even be part of business, entrepreneurial, 
minded, but also mission focused, if you will. Mm -hmm. Sure. Heavenly Father, um, we just thank you that you are good and Lord, that you're faithful and that you are a personal God that truly just longs to have intimate fellowship and relationship with us. And so, God, I just pray for every person that will be under the sound of our voices. God, I just pray that you would speak to them specifically, that your Holy Spirit would open up their eyes and their hearts and their ears to what the Holy Spirit may be nudging or speaking or guiding them to do. God, I pray for um, courage for them. I pray that they would not give in to fear, Lord, but they would step up in faith to trust you and to trust your word and uh, what your word says of your character and who you are. And so, Lord, just give us all, um, stretch our faith, give us wisdom, give us discernment, Lord, as we try to discern your voice and your calling on our lives and just continue to provide and, um, and just walk us closer to you, Lord, um, with the eternity in mind, Lord, may we bring glory and honor to you. Thank you for this time today. Thank you for Jared. Please continue to give him wisdom and confirmation as he's trying to make decisions, he and his wife, as they move forward in their calling as well. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So what is the best way for people to get more information about you, your ministry, and purchase your book? Yes, the, so we have a website now. It's uh, sinkorsit.org, and uh, they can see a little bit more about us on there and then also can order the book through there. And it's also order for pre-sale on Amazon as we speak. It comes out February 27th. Yes. Amen. Well, like I said, I've got an affiliate link in the podcast description if people are listening to this on apple or spotify they could click that link on other podcast platforms uh the links don't work <laughs> but they could go to amazon or sinkorsit.org thank you guys so much for being my special guests on adventures in the spirit and i want to encourage everybody to share this episode subscribe to it uh wherever you're listening to it share it you could text it to somebody right now if you know someone who's being called by God or feeling nudges or needing some confirmation or God's calling them to adopt. We talked about so much in the last 28 minutes here and time flew by real quick, but this is a powerful conversation. So share it with your friends and family. Guys, thank you so much for being my special guests. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit.